I'm glad I've got skin, I'm glad I've got eyes, I'm glad I got hips, I'm glad I got thighs, I'm glad I'm allowed to say the things I feel. I'm glad I got hair, I'm glad I got ears, I'm glad I got lungs, I'm glad I got tears, glad that I never ever know what's real. I'm glad I got lost, I'm glad I'm confused. I'm glad I don't know what I like I'm glad I got stoned I'm glad I got high I'm glad I found out I'm alright One of my favorite Sumerian artifacts is the small statuette. It's only about four inches high. Uh of uh, a man and a woman uh, sitting side by side, his arm around her, and their other, with his other hand, he's holding her hand. It's been inferred that this is a, a man and his wife, and uh, a domestic scene that is, oh, about 4,600 years old. When the many tablets found in Nineveh were gradually translated, a large number of them were found to be just simply compilations of sayings of some kind. They seemed to have some sort of order to them, but why they were preserved was unclear. They were later called by Samuel Kramer in his History Begins at Sumer, um, Proverbs. And he associated them with the biblical tradition it's because some of them had some seeming relationship. At least they had a quality of similarity. And when he translated them, he translated them in a way to make them sound like uh, the King James Version of the Bible. They certainly do abide to the people of that region, among whom are the Semitic people that later became the Arabs and the Jews who wrote the Bible and the Quran, And they are, like them, succinct expressions of daily life, and they reveal much about the common experience and the sociology of those lives, much that is similar to ourselves. A collection of 28 tablets have been uh, put together by the Oxford University in their electronic uh, text collection. And I have uh, rendered some six of those 28 using their uh, verbatim translations. The Proverbs I have then tried to break down into sort of categories uh, to give you some sense of what their, their significance was in daily life. So for the first group, I refer to as Proverbs of Profound Wisdom. The wisdom of a culture will express its fundamental attitudes towards life and the nature of the world. The Sumerians were pragmatic and fatalistic people. They understood the world in terms of what they perceived in front of them. Their world was vibrant, was supernatural being, but these were fundamentally expressions of what was natural. The Proverbs have been each enumerated uh, according to some uh, academic tradition. 
and so I will use those numbers for reference. What has been destroyed belongs to a god. No one is able to take it away. 1. 7. My things changed things. 1. 10. There are bitter tears in human flesh. 3.20 What is placed in the fire has a valuable role to play, but leaves nothing behind when it's gone. 4.2 To appreciate the earth is for the gods. I am merely covered in dust. 4.59 Proverbs, of course, also include the practical wisdom of a culture factual truths of everyday life. And they can tell us something about a society's habits and problems, but these are also often endearingly familiar. Something which has never occurred since time immemorial, a young woman did not fart in her husband's embrace. 112. Beer is a bull, the mouth is its threshold. 177. Food is the matter. Water is the matter. 1. 189. Tell a lie and then tell the truth. It will be considered a lie. 2. 71. He who rents a donkey for a whole year kindles a fire in the moonlight. 5.43. Not to explain. A fire during a moonlight would be a waste of fuel if it was just for light. And in the same way, renting a donkey for a whole year is a waste of money. No one walks for a second time at the place where a lion has eaten a man. 567. There are many proverbs which tell about social circumstance, poverty, and wealth. These are the proverbs of social life. The value and relative status of various occupations will be reflected in them. Among those included in these proverbs are potters, uh, carters in the weaving trades, carpenters, laborers, scribes, farmers, shepherds, fishermen, merchants, slaves, and the so-called lamentation priest. The merchant receives the most ambivalent attitude, seen for his necessity, but also mistrusted. The fisherman and farmer receive the most reverent respect. The lamentrician priest is mocked, much like Chaucer's friar, and the slave is always deplored. To be poor is, is a miserable condition and is socially stigmatized, but to be wealthy can be its own burden. Wealth is far away. Poverty is close at hand. One, fifteen. He who possesses many things is constantly on guard. One, sixteen. Possessions are flying birds. They never find a place to settle. One, eighteen. The lives of the poor do not survive their deaths. One, fifty-seven. The city's fate cannot be determined. Its bookkeeper is a merchant. 167. The poor man is this lowly. His debts are paid off with what is taken from his mouth. 230. 
A runaway slave girl only pretends to sleep. 379. Leftover clothes are the share of the slave girl's child. They'll fall off her and become nothing but chafe. 443. There are a large number of proverbs on bread. Bread in the biblical proverb being the staff of life distinguishes the civilized man from the beast. In the epic, the beast man in Kaidu does not know what bread is before he is seduced by Shambhat and is given some to eat. After Gilgamesh sojourn across the waters of death to visit Utnapishtim, the exhausted hero will fall asleep for seven days, and each day will be signified by a fresh-baked portion of bread, indicating its daily use. Bread and water are missing at the underworld where the souls of the dead wander, hungry and thirsty. Libations of water and offerings of bread are made for the souls of the dead, for the loved ones, so that they may eat and drink. Those without someone to offer these to them must starve and thirst in the afterlife. Proverbs of bread preserve the psychic and sacred integrity of this most human of inventions. Some proverbs, especially, are obscure, containing maybe some intimate cultural suggestion that isn't clear to us. Some empathy for the culture may be necessary to make a guess at what they will be meaning, but it's a little chancy. One does not return borrowed bread. 131. Interpreting that, I might say, you can't give back what you've already used up, or if you break it or eat it, then you own it. My heart urged me to bake two loaves out of a half. My hands were unable to take them out of the oven. Bread is the boat, water is the punt pole. 153. My interpretation have you ever wished to get more meals out of a pot than it really contains? All you really need is bread and water. Bread and water and you're good to go. The Sumerian proverb concerning gender, marriage, and family will seem mostly familiar to us. Uh, the gender prejudices, which may seem so typical to those among traditional societies is in keeping with the patriarchy of that society. But generally marriage and parenthood are honored. Infidelity is complained about. Choice and love seems encouraged. I'm reminded again of that endearing clay sculpture that I talked about. My husband heaps up for me. My child measures out for me. Let my lover pick the bones from the fish for me. 1. 125. A malicious wife living in the house is worse than all diseases. 1. 154. An unfaithful penis matches an unfaithful vagina. 1. 159. Marrying is human. Having children is divine. 1. 160. With my mouth, I cool the hot soup for you. I pick the bones from the fish for you. 3. 112. Sometimes the proverbs or the sayings 
are in a sequence uh, that appear to be almost like a narrative. They're laid out in a way almost like a fable with a meaningful string or even in the manner of an argument. So readers may be reminded of Aesop's fables. The common animal characters will appear, fox, lion, wolf, dog, and they'll seem to have many of those same personalities. I'll give you two examples. The first one is one I call the tale of an unlucky man, which reminded me of portions of Ecclesiastes. They're all from 2.1 through 2.14. In those places which have been destroyed, let more places be destroyed. And in those places which have not been destroyed, let a breach be made there. Let this place become like chopped up turnips, their rituals were alienated. Where there were bonds, that place was destroyed. Their place in the universe was eradicated. You should not alienate their rituals. Where there are bonds, you should not destroy the place. You should not eradicate their place in the universe. You should not move the oxen from their places. Let me tell you about my fate. It is an insult. Let me explain it to you. It is a disgrace. Were I to tell my neighbor about my fate, he would heap insults upon me. I looked into the water. My destiny was drifting past. I was born on an ill-fated day. My fate is her voice. My mother can change it. The neighbor is on friendly terms with my mother in her house. I am one whose fate has not been determined, confronted by a waif. I will be the one who knows how to settle the account. Let me take my position in front of you, she said to me. I am one whose fate has not been determined, confronted by a sickness demon. I am one who knows wealth and possessions. Let me take my position in front of you, he said to me. Fate is a dog, well able to bite. Like dirty rags it clings, saying, Who is my man? Let him know it. Fate is a cloth stretched out on the desert for a man. Fate is a raging storm blowing over the land. Fate is a dog walking always behind a man. The next set of aphorisms concern uh, the dog. And uh, note especially their intense imagistic quality. Slavering dogs waiting for instructions. Where are you going? Come back. Stay. Unruly, scowling dogs belong to the shameless man. A sniffing dog entering all the houses. A dog eating unclean food is a dog which leaves nothing for the next day. A dog eating, eating a pig in a marketplace. The Smith's dog could not overturn the anvil, so it overturned the water pot. Patting the neck of a treacherous dog, patting from the back of the neck. A dog which knows no home. The dog thinks it is clever, but to its master? A dog descends, a lance descends, each does damage. The dog licks its shriveled penis with its tongue. In the city with no dogs, 
The fox is boss. 2.107 through 2.118. In keeping with that imagistic quality, some of the sayings don't look like or sound like parables as we would think of them. They don't seem to offer any wisdom at all. Some of them are just impressionistic commentary about life. Sometimes they'll vivify something concrete. Sometimes they'll be so vague as to seem like a puzzling Zen koan. Here are some examples. Something offered is not offered. Something finished is not finished. Nothing changes. 3.107 Flies enter an open mouth. 3.119 The goat spoke in the manner of a wise old woman, but acted in the manner of an unclean woman. 3.153 The time passed, and what did you gain? 3.157 The sun never leaves my heart, which surpasses a garden. 3. One sixty-six. I'm glad when the sex is not so great. I'm glad that I doubt I know what they say. I'm glad when I get my girlfriend's names confused. I'm glad I know how my life will end. I'm glad I don't have no confidence.